Welcome everyone to the Peanut Gallery podcast. It is episode 11. Um, I am here by myself tonight. I am recording this uh, on Monday night. The Raiders, the Vegas Raiders right now are playing against the New Orleans Saints in their new stadium. It looks sick. I can't wait to go visit. That game is tied right now, 17-17. I am recording this by myself. Jared had a conflict. Do not worry. He will be back. I know no one wants to hear me talk for an hour straight by myself. So don't worry. He'll be back in short order. Let's dive in. What we're going to do here, just just like uh, last Monday night, is recap the entire weekend. Uh, we will go in order of, of the games that happened. So starting with Thursday, Sunday noon games, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night. And then um, I will leave off with where the Raiders and, and Saints are currently. Uh, when this podcast ends then do a little fantasy recap um, and then also what uh, how the bets looked like as far as Thursday night Jared and I both predicted that correctly we had the Browns winning really they needed to win that game or they were going to look like a bunch of idiots and Baker Mayfield was probably going to lose his job in short order turnover battle there was even each team had one turnover the Browns won 35 to 30. <laughs> uh, for me here, things I love from Cleveland that I saw dominated the rushing attack. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb looked absolutely amazing. They combined for 215 rushing yards. Uh, that was They averaged about six rushes per carry. If you're going to be able to do that, and I realize it was the Cincinnati Bengals, this Cleveland team could win eight to nine games. Um, probability of them rushing over 200 yards at that tick rate of six yards per carry each game. Not likely, uh, but you love to see that as they were taking the game out of Baker's hands, who last week had three tur- turnovers against the Ravens. And if you do that against any team, your probability of winning is low, but especially a team like the Ravens, who are Super Bowl contenders and probably going to win the AFC, either them or the Chiefs. Then, as far as Joe Burrow and the Saints, or excuse me, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Joe Burrow looked amazing. He was dropping dimes out left and right out there. He threw zero interceptions, which considering he threw the ball 61 times, which was the second most ever by a rookie in his first season to not throw an interception against the Browns defense, although the secondary for the Browns is not great. Their front seven is, is legit. Um, He went 37 of 61, over 300 yards with three touchdowns. I was highly impressed. I think the Browns should be incredibly happy, or excuse me, the Bengals should be incredibly happy with their pick of Joe Burrow. They just need to surround the rest of the rest of the pieces. Draft an O-line, get some players there, get a couple more weapons as A.J. Green is on his last leg. Uh, Joe Mixon will be there for the next four to five years, so they're fine there. Um, but really, they just need to build everything else around them. I think he's a star. I think if they surround the correct pieces, uh, to, to be determined on if Zach Taylor's the coach. But so far, from what I've seen, he is utilizing Joe, Joe Burrow in a great way. And their offense is looking a lot better than I expected. Um, so great win overall by Cleveland. Cincinnati, although they lost, did a lot of things, saw a lot of things I liked. And uh, they just really need the rest of the talent to be up to Joe Burrow's level. And eventually they could turn this franchise around. We'll see what happens. Now let's go into Sunday's slate of games. 
I got to start with this game. I was shocked. The world was shocked. I'm talking Atlanta. I'm talking the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas ends up winning this game, in case you missed it, 40-39 to on a last-second field goal by Greg the Leg. This game makes absolute zero sense. If you watched it, you you would 100% agree. But just let me let me give you some stats as to how it makes no sense that Dallas won this game. Atlanta won the turnover battle by three. That alone, which I talked about last last week, if you win the turnover battle by three, you have a 92% chance to win the game. The second part, they also scored 39 points. Atlanta is the first team since 19. 19- 33 to lose a game when scoring 39 points and having zero turnovers in that time span up until now teams were 440 and zero in such situations i mean that's about as atlanta falcons as it gets they had the super bowl blunder against the patriots three four years ago and now this it's i I feel so bad for their fan base that is some bad luck also atlanta with three minutes left in the fourth quarter according to espn where they have a stat that projects probability a 99.9 percent chance of winning they were up nine points with three minutes to go and they lost some more atlanta was eight for 17 on third down that's just below 50 percent two for two on fourth down matt ryan went 26 of 36 for over 270 and four touchdowns and no picks this game made absolute no sense the dallas cowboys are the luckiest team i have ever seen to win that game i don't want to hear any more complaints from that fan base ever again to be quite honest i don't want to hear about the uh the catch of Des Bryant against the Packers. I don't want to hear about that, especially because in this game, that Gallup catch, he was in bounds. I will agree. He did not control that football going to the ground. It clearly wiggles, and you can't convince me otherwise. Go watch the tape. It literally wiggles <laughs> when he hits the ground. That's not a catch. He did not keep control of the football. You should have lost the game anyway. I'm sorry. Don't want to hear it. So congrats, you did win. That's what it's about. You know, the Chiefs didn't look great. The Ravens really didn't look great in their wins this week either. Um, You move and you advance, but it's not going to get any easier as Dallas plays the Seahawks next week. And for Atlanta, they got to make wholesale changes at the head coaching job. I mean, if if they don't win next week and the week after and they're looking on four, you might as well start the reboot now Um, because they've changed everything else. Dan Quinn fired all his previous coaches from last season. And that is unacceptable to lose. So I'll leave it there. Let's move on to Buffalo, Miami. Buffalo won this game 31 to 28. Uh, Miami shockingly won the, won the turnover battle. They were plus one. Um, really, this game came down to Bills overall just controlled all the, the entire game. Uh, a lot of this was due to their defense, although Ryan Fitzpatrick did not throw any interceptions this week unlike last week where he had three in a loss, the Bills D got after him. They had three sacks, 10 QB hits. I mean, they were dominating the line of scrimmage. Um, And they couldn't stop Josh Allen on the other side of the ball. Josh Allen 
went 24 for 35, 400 plus yards, four touchdown passes. He looked fantastic. Him and Kyler Murray and uh, Russell Wilson right now, early MVP candidates. All three teams, 2-0. and I think Russell's got the slight edge because he's been uh, cheated out of getting votes, period, over the past five years. And he's got nine TDs compared to 11 uh, incompletions, which is just an absurd stat. But yeah, Bills went, took care of business. It was a lot closer than people predicted. Um, Miami was able to cover the spread there. I think Miami gives it about two, three more games here max. Uh, and if they're looking at 0 and 4 to, to or 0 and 5 to 1 and 4, I think you then need to plug into a. You're not going to make the playoffs uh, starting out, you know, 1 and 4 to 0 and 5. You might as well just get them out there and see what you can do. Maybe you can turn it around and uh, get you guys seven wins this year. Next game, Carolina Panthers played against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers won this game 31 to 17. Looked a lot better. Offensively, there was still a fair amount of miscues uh, from my perspective seeing this game. Another great news here, Bucks won the turnover battle compared to last week. Bucks were plus two. That's going to help you win ball games. And then they dominated lines of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Rushing-wise, they had not as many yards as the Browns, who had over 200, but they had 122 yards this game. They were at a 5.5 yards per carry click, which is fantastic. And (coughs) Brady and Mike Evans looked a lot better. Brady threw a touchdown pass to him. There was not as many miscues as compared to last week where they had that seam route where Mike Evans stopped uh, and Brady thought he was going to keep going up the seam route, which is where one of the interceptions Brady threw last week happened. What I didn't like and saw from Brady, and this is back-to-back weeks right now, um, so to be determined, not only, honestly, if this is a trend or if this is just more of a blip uh, due to the fact that, you know, no preseason games, shortened OTAs, all that jazz. But another two turnovers this week by Brady. I don't love to see that. That's not going to win many football games if you're constantly turning the ball over twice. So that needs to be patented up. And then another bad sign overall for Carolina in this loss. They didn't really have any good good things come out of it. But another terrible thing was McCaffrey looks like he's going to be out four to six weeks um, due to an injury, which is is terrible for that organization, McCaffrey himself, and then obviously those that drafted McCaffrey with regards to a fantasy football outlook. Bridgewater also didn't look good. Um, He had two interceptions. He was sacked five times. He was hit another seven. Uh, which credit to the Buccaneers defense. I thought the Buccaneers D looked great against the Saints, and they just continued to carry that over against the Carolina Panthers. So cheers to the Buccaneers. Need to win this game. Won it easily. Carolina, it's going to be tough sledding uh, going forward here if if they, uh, with McCaffrey being out, and they don't have a lot of weapons otherwise, and a lot like the Buccaneers with regards to new offense. I mean, they have a whole new everything. New coach, new coordinators, Teddy Bridgewater's new. They they might uh, be looking at a two to four win season here. Next game, this game was ugly. I didn't even enjoy watching it. It was Denver Broncos versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers won this game. Uh, barely. They won it 26 to 21. The turnover battle was even. Each Each team turned it over twice. 
Honestly, Steelers should be lucky Drew Locke went out early in the first quarter and never came back. Um, they went against Jeff, Jeff Driscoll, the backup, who used to play at Florida in college for basically the entire game. And he played against the top five defense, which is the Steelers. <laughs> and outside of the fact that, which this is really the key as to why the Steelers won, they had seven sacks and 19 quarterback hits. That is absurd. The Steelers D looked great. Um, I honestly would have figured the St- the Steelers offense though was going to put up thirty five to forty two points. Um, the Steelers D gave them plenty of chances, caused two two turnovers, were constantly getting at the quarterback. Really doesn't make a lot of sense to me that the Steelers only won this game by five points. But they're two and zero. They're looking a lot better than I expected. But I personally want to see them go up against the Chiefs, Ravens, uh, Green Bay Packers, Seahawks, or Patriots even before I kind of move them into that upper echelon and an actual threat um, to the Ravens or, or Chiefs of overtaking the AFC here. I just they haven't looked good, and their competition hasn't been great. And one was due to the injury with Drew Locke not playing the entire game. Detroit, Green Bay. This was a slaughterhouse. Um, and honestly, Lions kind of pissed this game away. They started off hot. They were up 14-3 to at the end of the first quarter. You know, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? After uh, being up 23-6 to and uh, going into the fourth quarter against the Bears and then pissing away that lead. After that, <coughs> excuse me, after that point, the Packers scored 31 unanswered points and took a 34 of the 14 lead into the fourth quarter and then just, you know, went on from there to win the game. The final score was the Packers winning 42 to 21. Uh, Packers easily covered the six points, also won the turnover battle. Aaron Rodgers looked solid, not as good as last week, but he didn't have to because Aaron Jones dominated. This was the Aaron Jones show. He had over 230 total yards of offense himself and three touchdowns. He looked absolutely amazing out there. And if you had him in fantasy this week, you probably were a happy man. Matt Patricia is on a short leash right now. The Bears game was unexplainable. And then to go up 14-3 to and piss the bed the rest of that game, that's unacceptable. And he is an early candidate along with Dan Quinn, the Atlanta Falcons head coach and Adam Gaze, the Jess heads coach, to both get fired by, I would say, week six to week seven. I'd be shocked if they make it out of there. Now let's go to the Rams-Philly game. I predicted my beloved Philly Eagles to pull off the upset here. They were nowhere close. The Rams won this game 37-19. They won the turnover battle by two. Wentz needs to stop turning the Flipping ball over. He's in his fifth year. He's got a huge contract that he got year over a year and a half ago. It's unacceptable that back to back weeks he has over he has over two turnovers a game. You you are not going to beat anyone if you keep doing that. And the three reasons right now around you know why are these turnovers happening? He's either not reading the defense correctly, which you know here or there is okay, but at you know fifth year. And the level of his talent shouldn't be happening often. Number two, he's forcing the ball, which is how one of those one of his, those um, 
turnovers happened yesterday. He threw a ball, which was completely unneeded, in the red zone. I don't know what he was looking at, so it could have been a combo of didn't read the defense and forcing the ball. But there was no reason to throw that there. There was three Rams defensive backs. What are you doing? And then third one being if he's constantly just getting sacked and pressure to get rid of the ball and throwing it too early. And in those situations, either take the sack or just throw it out of bounds if you're out of the pocket. This is unacceptable. These are fixable problems, and they need to be fixed quickly or Dallas is going to win this NFC East with an 8-8 eight eight record. I don't think the winner of the NFC East has a better record than 9-7. and seven. I have not seen anything I've liked out of Dallas. Philly, I haven't seen much I've liked out of them. Washington, although they, they won week one against Philly, they went back to being the Washington football team against the Arizona Cardinals, and then the Giants are just terrible. And we'll get into that as well later as we recap the Bears game here. Rams are looking great. Jared Goff is looking fantastic. This West Division, NFC West Division, is looking tougher than even I and Jared thought before this season started. And honestly, the 49ers, and we'll talk about them as well, they could get last. Every other team right now is 2-0 and has looked absolutely fantastic both games this season. So let's move on to the Minnesota Vikings versus the Colts, Indianapolis Colts. Both teams were 0-1. Colts were favored by three. <laughs> they ended up winning this game 28-11. to Wasn't even close. The Vikings were absolutely pathetic. They looked like a high school team out there. Colts won the turnover battle plus two. And Vegas was right. <laughs> Jared and I both predicted the Vikings to win this game, and we were completely wrong on this one. Um, the Colts... Doubled the Vikings in yardage, first downs, destroyed them in every phase of the game. The Colts had the ball for literally 40 minutes. They had the ball for two-thirds of the game. You're not going to win if you only have the ball for 20 minutes. You're just not. Like, only the Chiefs with Pat Mahomes and, like, the Ravens could pull off getting victories with only having the ball for 20 minutes. Kirk Cousins literally looked like Matt Saracen from Friday Night Lights out there without the miracle touchdown pass at the end to win the game. Yeah, like just bouncing off people's heads. He threw three interceptions, which for him, getting paid $30 million a year and supposed to be a franchise quarterback, absolutely unacceptable. Same thing with Wentz here. That is unacceptable. And Kirk Cousins has been in the league nine, ten years. You just can't be doing that. He was also sacked three times, got hit another seven. This Vikings team, they need to turn around or they're even missing the playoffs. When you go 0-3, since 1980, only 3.4% of teams that start 0-3 make the playoffs. So the Eagles and Vikings both need to step it up next week, or they're going to be on the outside looking in of getting into the playoffs. Another bright spot for the Colts after they had an injury to their starting running back week one was their uh, Wisconsin running back, Jonathan Taylor. Looked really good, had over 100 yards. Rivers also didn't turn the ball over as much. Um, he only threw one pick compared to his usual two to three. So that was another bright spot for them. We'll see where they go from here. Next game, New York Giants versus the Chicago Bears. Bears pulled this out 17-13. I didn't like what I saw from them. The turnover battle was even. The reason the Bears won this game 
was their defense and them controlling the ball. Bears dominated third down. They had the ball for over 35 minutes. Uh, their defense, four sacks, five QB hits, seven tackles for loss. What I really hate right now, and I'm seeing this, whereas right now this is a blimp in the radar for once, um, this is turning into a trend for Daniel Jones, and it's not a good sign for the Giants. Last year in the 12 games Daniel Jones started, he had 23 turnovers, which if you want to round up to 24, that's a tick rate of two turnovers a game. And so far through two games this year, he has four. You are not going to win games if you are turning the ball over your quarterback. This is just your quarterback. This doesn't include fumbles from wide receivers or running backs. Two times a game, you're just not. And then another terrible thing happened for the Giants again. And he missed a lot of the season last year as well. And I hope this isn't a trend for him. He's a great player. He's an amazing talent. Saquon Barkley, he's unfortunately out for the year with a torn ACL. This was confirmed by Adam Schefter. Um, so I've just, I feel bad for that fan base. It's going to be a long season. You know, the only bright spot they have is that they are in the weakest division in football with going against the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Washington football team. So they might be able to squeak out some um, in-division games, but it's this, this poor fan base. Um, they really need to figure, figure out all the weapons on the other sides of the ball. Uh, defense needs to be upgraded a little bit, and then offensively n- need a better align. And Jason Garrett really needs to get Daniel Jones in a room and start going through some more film in order for him to correctly make correct, correct reads and stop turning the ball over as much. Chicago, you got the win. You know, congrats, right? It's when to move on. That's all that matters. But just like the Cowboys here and Steelers, not impressed. Not an impressive win at all. You beat the Giants. Mitch Trubisky had an okay first half, but then those turned two turnovers in the second half. That better be a blip rather than uh, going back to the norm of what he looked like last season. Otherwise, the Bears are going to be in trouble, especially against those top-tier teams. Next game here was the 49ers, San Francisco 49ers versus New York Jets. As predicted, great call out on the Survivor League pick by me. Um, San Francisco dominated this game. They won 31-13, even though the Jets won the turnover battle at plus one. Big factors here. Jets 0-2 in the red zone, trying to score. You're not going to beat a team like San Francisco when you're doing that. Come on, man. Also, they only had 277 total yards of offense. That is abysmal. They went 5 for 14 on third down, 0 for 2 on fourth. That's not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it against the bad teams, and it especially isn't going to cut it against the 49ers. Um, 49ers got a needed win after a tough week one loss against the Cardinals, and the reason for that is multiple things. One, it was against the Jets. You really don't want to lose to a terrible team like that. But second, it looks like Nick Bosa is going to be out for the year with a torn ACL. Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo left the game with a high ankle sprain. Um, their running back, Mozart, sprained his MCL. It's the injuries stacked up oh, huge 
in week two for the entire NFL, but really for this 49ers team. And with the Cardinals looking amazing, we knew the Seahawks were going to be good. The Rams look a lot better than their 9-7 and seven record last year. This 49ers team could, unfortunately, due to injuries and a little, maybe a little of the Super Bowl hangover, get last in that division. Um, and, you know, this, this happens. Injuries are part of it, which you know, obviously a little luck is involved. And the 49ers got lucky a couple of years ago. While unlucky at the same time, Jimmy Garoppolo in the first or second game against the Chiefs, um, you know, tore his ACL and then they were terrible. And that terribleness allowed them to get Nick Bosa, who completely changed their defense. Um, so this is a part of the NFL, a part of the league. And unfortunately for them, they're on the other side of the coin now where they probably are going to I'd be shocked right now, based on this these injuries, if they have a better record than seven and nine. And based on what I've seen and how good the Cardinals, um, the Rams, and the Seahawks have looked, it is tough sledding for this 49ers team. So good luck to y'all. Good luck to your fan base. It's very unfortunate that you guys had a bunch of injuries that uh, are probably going to cost y'all from making the playoffs this year. Next game, Jacksonville Jaguars versus Tennessee Titans. Jaguars, man, that team, someone did not inform the Jaguars players that the GM and owner were tanking. They were not informed of this process because they've looked great. They won week one, and although they lost this week to the Titans, they dropped 30 points. That's impressive. Minshew has looked fantastic. Uh, He did turn the ball over twice this game. He threw two picks. Uh, but he went 30 for 45, threw for 340, and three touchdowns. So that to me is super impressive. Um, the Titans did win the turnover battle this game, uh, plus two, and they won the game 33 to 30. Tannehill looked absolutely sensational as well. He was 18 for 24, 240 yards. 240 yards and then four touchdowns. And on third down, they were seven for 11. That right there, plus winning the turnover battle, really the keys to them winning this game. They're 2 0, moving on. They look like the team that's probably going to win the AFC South right now. Um, the Texans look absolutely trash, but in the Texans' defense, they have also played the two best teams in the NFL so far. Um, Jacksonville, keep on fighting, man they might be able to squeak out six to seven wins this year versus where I had them at uh, one and 15. And, you know, I need to watch a little more film on Minshew, but he might be the answer. You got him a better old line, a running back, some more weapons, improve the defense, get the right head coach in there. You know, they could win 10 to 12 games a year. They might need, they might not need Tyler, Tyler Lawrence. Um, out of Clemson. So we will, we'll see what happens. We'll keep tabs on them. See if they continue to look good. Uh, and excuse me, Trevor Lawrence, not Tyler. He's the quarterback for the Clemson, uh, Clemson Tigers who everyone believe will be the number one pick and, um, probably get drafted by, well, everyone thought it was going to be the Jaguars, but they don't look like they're going to be the worst team in the league this year. So let's move on to the Sunday afternoon games. This is where Jared hit his Survivor League pick. Washington football team played the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals won this game 30-15. to 
really wasn't that close. Cardinals won this turnover battle plus one, and really it wasn't close. They were up 27-3 to with 14 minutes left, and then Washington scored a couple garbage-time TDs. Um, great win by Arizona. Arizona's looking legit. Cheers, Jared. No, you're not here. I'm sure you would be uh, gassing your team up pretty hard here. They're looking great. They're looking like they're definitely going to win the make the playoffs and probably win nine, maybe ten games. Um, Dwayne Haskins went back to being the terrible Dwayne Haskins that I wish he would have been against the Eagles, but hey, um, good for Arizona, good for Jared, great call on the Survivor League pick. Not too much to touch on here. Um, we'll see how Arizona looks the rest of the season and Washington. I expect them to go back uh, down to earth and you know end the season around four to five wins. Second game in the afternoon, Baltimore versus Houston. Ravens won the turnover battle here, plus two. <coughs> Final score was 33-16. to 16. Um, Problem here, Texans D. Much like the Bengals defense, the Ravens rushed for 230 yards. And they had the ball for 35 minutes. That's, that's not going to cut it, Texans. That's not going to cut it. I understand the Ravens are really freaking good. They're probably going to win the AFC, probably going to go to the Super Bowl. But you got to do better than that. This team's in trouble, and it doesn't get easier. Houston has to go play the Steelers next, I believe. And the Steelers, although I don't think they've looked amazing because the competition they faced hasn't been uh, that top tier, but still, the Steelers are 2-0 and and have momentum versus the Texans, who zero momentum, might be questioning the head coach. Uh, the locker room might be fragmented. I don't really know. I'm just, you know, when you're 0-2, it's not great. The, you know, there's not a lot of positive vibes in that room right now. Um, and if they don't win that game, you know, talked about it with the Eagles and the Vikings, you have a 3.4% chance to make the playoffs if you start at 0-3. And Jared could be right. He did predict Houston to miss the playoffs this year. And if they lose against the Steelers, it is going to be hard-pressed to see how Houston digs, digs themselves out of that hole. And the Ravens, great great win, looked solid. And they'll be looking to the team I'm about to talk to right now, next week, Monday night, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs won as well. They squeaked it out against the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, 23 to 20 in overtime. The Chiefs barely won the turnover battle, plus one. Um, and Chiefs just got dominated. Let's call it what, what it was. They did not look great. The Chargers had over 180 rushing yards and had the ball for 30, 39 minutes. Um, Pat Mahomes looked uncomfortable out there. The Chargers D was getting after him. Um, there were seven QB hits, a couple sacks. It wasn't great, but... You know, when it came down to it, the Chiefs, much like the Cowboys and their win against Atlanta, um, they made the plays where they needed to the win. Pat Mahomes had a huge rushing first down when it was third and 20. Massive. Kelsey had big catches. Hill had that massive catch to score a touchdown when they needed it. And then real MVP this game, Butker, the kicker. My goodness. 53, boom. 58, boom. Didn't count. Timeout. Next kick, third time in a row. 58 this time. Again, boom. Nails it. That was some clutch field goal kicking. 
well done. The Chiefs moved on. They squeaked out the win. A lot of areas to improve, though. Offensive line didn't look great. Defense, if you don't, if the defense doesn't stop the run like they couldn't against the Chargers, they are going to beat the Ravens, who just put up 230 rushing yards on the Texans. Um, so they got a lot to improve this week before they head into that Monday night game against the Ravens. And uh, honestly, maybe both teams were overlooking because although the Ravens did win 33 to 16, uh, they weren't firing on all cylinders either. So maybe both teams were not really caring too much about this week and really looking forward to week three in which a lot of people think it's going to be AFC championship. That will be the AFC championship game. So we'll see what happens. I know both fan base fan bases are excited for that game. Sunday night game, New England, 1-0, Seattle, 1-0. Super Bowl rematch from a couple of years ago. Um, Seahawks won 35-30, and I was shocked at high scoring it was, to be quite frank. Um, I didn't expect the Patriots to score this many points. The turnover battle was completely even. Russell Wilson... If he's not your front runner right now for MVP, you should be your vote should be taken away from you. He has thrown for nine touchdown passes compared to eleven incompletions. That is absurd. He's completely dominating the NFL right now. And I think the Seahawks will continue this trend. I predicted them beginning of the year to go thirteen to three. I think they are on course for that record. If he does that, Seahawks are 13-3 and are the one or two seed, and he has over 40 passing TDs, he deserves the MVP by far, unless someone else just comes out of left field uh, right now to win it. But he is the front runner. I mean, if, if he just averages only three touchdown passes per game the rest of the season, he will throw for a total of 52 touchdown passes. Right now, I think he's on pace for like 72. But let's be honest, no one, you can't throw uh, four and a half touchdown passes every single game, which is his average since he's thrown nine through two games so far. <coughs> and, you know, I'm going to do something here. I'm going to admit I was wrong. I admit I was wrong with a caveat. The Patriots are a lot better than I expected. If this is the team I'm getting week to week, they're going to win nine to ten games. I still don't think they win to the division. Uh, be out the Bills. I just love what I see from Josh Allen and that team. But I had the Patriots going, you know, six and ten, seven and nine this year. They're looking more like a nine and seven to ten and six team right now. The one caveat here is Cam Newton needs to stay healthy. If they have to play Jared Stidham, they are not going to win nine to nine to ten games this year. That will not be happening. Um, but the way they're utilizing Cam, you know, they're utilizing him correctly. But I just worry about Cam's health. They are running him 11 times a game. And he's already been injured multiple seasons in a row. That is the worry for me. I do think the Patriots will go 9-7 to 10-6 if Cam stays healthy, but that's a massive question mark around the health. If they're going to continue to utilize him this way, I get why they're doing it because it's an absolute nightmare to scheme for schematically as a defense, but they run the risk. 
They run the risk, and I don't want to hear from Patriots fans, well, if Cam would have stayed healthy. Well, guess what? He's, been, he's stayed healthy three seasons in his 10-year career, okay? Like, the math adds up here to him probably getting injured, especially if they're utilizing him like a damn running back. So, I will admit I'm wrong. This Patriots team, as constructed with a healthy Cam, will win 9 to 10 games but that is a huge question mark for, for me. And I honestly, unfortunately, I don't wish this spot game. I do believe he'll get injured and that is where the Patriots will falter and why they won't get to nine wins. Now let's end the last night, last game of the, the schedule here. It is going on right now. Hot damn. New Orleans just tackled uh, Josh Jacobs for about a six yard loss. He got crushed. Um, Raiders are winning right now. 24 to 17. They have looked fantastic. Jared and I knock on wood. We both predicted a Raiders victory. We both took them to cover the six point spread. Um, we'll see if that holds up. <laughs> you obviously all saw the crazy game with the Cowboys. Um, I mean, heck, if they can come ne- come back with a 99% chance to lose, anything is freaking possible in football. Uh, let's see if the Raiders can hold on here. There is two minutes left in the third quarter right now. Um, Let's see if they can hold on, but they've looked great running the ball. Derek Carr has looked excellent. He has not turned the ball over. Um, Drew Brees, I'm not impressed. That's two weeks in a row now. And Drew Brees doesn't have the excuse Tom Brady's getting to use, which, you know, I think is a fair excuse to utilize regarding a completely new system, completely new players. And, you know, there was obviously no preseason. Uh, limited OTAs that affects teams where there's a massive change. The Saints brought everyone back and they gave Kamara a huge contract. There wasn't much change. Drew Brees just looks old and he cannot throw the ball down the field. Tom Brady has thrown the ball down the field more than Drew Brees. They might need to make a change at quarterback. I'm, d- I'm dead serious. Um, week one, he looked terrible and they won. Week two, he's looked just as bad. And this Raiders defense is not good. Tampa Bay had a way better defense. And, (coughs) excuse me, the Panthers dropped 31 points on this Raiders defense. Yet New Orleans is only at 17. I realize Michael Thomas is out. But I'm just not impressed. I think, honestly, they might make the switch to to have Taysom Hill um, or Jameis Winston take over. Do I think they'll do that? Probably not. Um, there's just too much love there from Sean Payton and what Drew Brees meant for the city, especially after Katrina um, and winning that Super Bowl. He won't make that decision from a pure optic standpoint, but the correct football move to win games is to go either with Hill or Jameis Winston. I'm sorry. I'm just not impressed with Drew Brees. I think he truly is showing his age, but maybe I'm wrong. All right, that recaps week two. Uh, let me real quick do a rundown. Um, I did get Jared's, Jared's picks um, and calculated them. He gave me his notes. So this week so far, I was – I am standing right now at 10 and 5 as far as pick them. Uh, where I was wrong was I had the Giants beating the Bears. I had the Falcons beating the Cowboys. That should have been that W. It's such a joke. I lost that prediction. Uh, Jared and I both were incorrect on the Vikings. 
I also foolishly predicted uh, a couple upsets with the Eagles beating the Rams and the Broncos beating the Steelers. So I was wrong on those as well. Every, everywhere else I was right. Jared is quite impressive. Wish he was here. He'd probably, uh, you know, be giving himself a couple pats on the backs, maybe eat a couple cookies. He has not predicted. The only game he incorrectly predicted was the Vikings. He predicted everywhere else correct, uh, which essentially if you just took the favorites, you were right, Um, which made a lot of sense this week because a lot of the favorites um, were favored by between like at least five to six points. Um, Against the spread, I am not doing very hot right now. I only have calculating here for – I am seven – Seven and nine, or seven and eight, excuse me. If the Raiders cover, which right now looks like they will, because I am still getting six points. Um, So the Raiders would have to go scoreless, and the Saints would have to score 31 points in order for me to lose that. Same with Jared. Um, Right now, so right now, Jared could have a 15 in one week, just pure pick em games if the Raiders win. Jared also did a lot better against the spread. Calculating here, uh, six, seven, eight. He has eight, eight correct predictions on the spread, um, six losses, and then one push. He pushed the Bucks Panthers game. He had it at nine exactly, um, and that was that was the prediction. Um, that was the line when we when we talked about it. So overall, great week for Jared. Well done, sir. Um, obviously, you guys need to be following Jared's picks a lot more than mine. I clearly don't know what I'm doing. But with that in mind, let's continue that talk a little bit. Um, Let's talk about our bets this week. Survivor League. Jared and I, as I was talking about with the games, we were both right. I had the 49ers. Jared had the Cardinals. Both won. So if you followed either of those, right now Jared and I are both two for two. Um, I can no longer use the Bills or 49ers. Jared can no longer use the Bills and Cardinals. Our lock of the week, my lock of the week was the Raiders plus plus six. That is looking pretty solid right now. We'll see if it pans out. Uh, I do not remember Jared's actually, um, but I want to say, I want to say he also had the Raiders, but I could be wrong. Um, Then parlays, my parlays, I had two of them. One did not hit. One is in the midst of could hit, could hit right now. The one that did not hit, I had the Falcons plus four. Uh, Giants plus five, Ravens money line, Dolphins plus six, where, and then the final one, which is did not hit, and I could not have been more wrong in my entire life, um, was the Vikings money line. They got absolutely crushed, uh, so that one did not hit, unfortunately. The one that is in process right now and could hit is I had the Seahawks money line, Chiefs money line, Cardinals by seven, and then the final one that is in play right now is the Raiders plus six. It is looking good. We are going to knock on wood here. Hopefully it pans out uh, as I will be the recipient of $300 if that parlay hits. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully I was correct. Hopefully you guys followed that one. Um, And I got to say, watching this game while recording, these radios look mighty impressive. Uh, Derek Carr that just flashed the stat is on third down, eight of nine, 83 yards with seven of those converting to 
Oh my gosh. Hold on. Hold on here. We're going to talk about this live. Literally. Oh, oh my God. The running back. I hope that I hope they show a replay of this real quick. This is terrible. This is absolutely not good news. The Raiders just fumbled the ball. The Saints recovered. Let's watch a replay here. This is on the running back. This is on the running back. Derek Carr on a pitch. The Richard, literally the running back. Richard is looking upfield before securing the ball. That is a bonehead mistake and unacceptable. We do not allow that. Oh, I'm so upset right now. This is unbelievable. This could change the entire tie of the game. Well, all right. With that in mind, thank you, everyone, for stopping by. Jared will be back soon. Do not worry. You will not hear many more episodes of me having to analyze or recap um, any of these weeks. But that's week two. Jared looked amazing from his predictions and against the spread. My predictions overall, I was solid a lot better than last week. My against the spread, uh, I could end up being a solid nine and seven, nine and seven here if the Raiders cover. But thanks for stopping by. Thanks for listening. We will be back for we will be back Thursday morning. The episode will be uploaded Wednesday night as we will look on to week three. Um, hopefully have some better parlays there. You know, I'd like to go two for two, but you know, we can't all be perfect. So we'll see what happens. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you next week.